here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. And back at you one more time with the Dharmic Evolution. Great to be back with you folks again. Hey, are you digging the show? Are you really liking all the artists we put on here and all the entertainment? If you do, please subscribe to this show. Go over to dharmicevolution.com and we have all your favorite uh, platforms over there. If you like Spotify or Pandora or Stitcher Radio or whatever, whatever you like, um, we've got it going for you. So just uh, please subscribe and um, you can leave comments on the blog on the website. And the website is slamming. We just redid it. So, and also thanks to you folks who are downloading my depression manual, and I know it is serving and helping people out there who need this. It's 10 actionable tips, I'm sorry, seven actionable tips, uh, one for each day of the week, and there's a bonus one in there. So you can just pop it in your phone, there's no charge, and send it to somebody who needs it. Today, we're in the UK, yes, again. Second time for this artist, really love this woman's work. She is awesome. She's a singer-songwriter who simply compels you to listen. With her evocative, distinct voice as described by one reviewer, her accomplished vocals will mesmerize you. Throughout her childhood and teens, she performed in many shows and musicals. Having written songs since the age of 13, her vocal and songwriting style has been shaped from her earliest to present-day musical influences. Some of her main influences include Tori Amos, Lucy Silvas, Delta Goodrum, Celine Dion, Trisha Yearwood, Faith Hill, Mariah Carey, and all styles of music from across a broad range of genres. Boy, she hangs with the big guns, and that's why she sounds the way she does. You better strap up your seatbelts, because we're taking a ride today of a Dharmic Evolution with Amanda Shaw. Amanda, it is so good to see you once again. Thank you. My, I know it's been yeah. I feel like it's been years actually it, since it uh, actually has. It actually has, and you've done a lot in the past like two and a half, three years now since we had our first first go around. And um, you were like kind of my breakthrough into the UK community. Like you were one of the early ones that I that I was lucky enough to uh, to stumble upon your music and I've been a fan ever since and it's been a pleasure to watch you grow. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah, it's um I have to say it's the last couple of years has been sort of slightly different because I've been doing a lot more sort of writing, uh, just loads and loads of writing uh, songs and getting them produced and you know, so it's yeah, it's been a different journey, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that so there can be a different hat to wear and a different mindset when you when you approach music that way and say do you feel like it took like some pressure off of you as a performer to do that for a while? Um, yes, definitely. I think that sometimes, you know, when you sort of feel like you have to, I think also as a musician, one thing I will say is that we have to wear so many hats. We have to be able to kind of make money from something, but then we also have to be able to kind of, you know, pursue our uh, singing, songwriting or, you know, our writing and things. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of teaching and trying to kind of get the time to do the gigging and stuff as well. It's been like, right, 
let's take a kind of a break from that for a minute, you know, and just kind of work on the writing. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'll come back to the performance side of things, you know, so yeah. Um, but I miss it. I have to say, I haven't done a lot of performing in the last while. And so I miss it. I'd like to get back to it again. (laughs) It's hard to get it out of the bloodstream. Once it's in there, it's there forever, you know, because, uh, you are, quite the performer and you can cut it live a lot of people are just not able to do that but you are so um so saying you know with with that in mind why don't we give everybody a little taste of the first track that we're going to play here and this is called sanctuary
Amanda, that was really awesome. Sanctuary. So the title, why did you title it Sanctuary? What is this song about? Okay, so Sanctuary is about kind of finding that place, I suppose, kind of uh, in you where it's, you know, where sort of everything has kind of almost fallen apart and it's almost like you have to get yourself back up again. And uh, and for me, Sanctuary is very much about, you know, you're, you're going to that place where you can just get yourself back up and going again. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know... Um, yeah, just you, you need your time in your sanctuary and your place. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and and is this does this tie back into what we started off with, which is taking a break from the performance aspect? And um, is it is it kind of like um, there's so much pressure, like you said, that you're wearing so many hats and it's like sometimes you feel like and I'm speaking for myself, but I but I think a lot of musicians share this is like I can't do anything right because I'm so diluted. Like my energies are so, you know, they're so stretched because I'm doing, I'm the marketer, I'm the songwriter, I'm the singer, I'm playing guitar, I'm, I'm out trying to make a living, I'm gigging, whatever it is for your particular, um, you know, piece of the business. Um, do you feel that way that you were just so stretched out? Yeah, I do. Um, I think that it's a really tough business. I think that, you know, the music business is, you know, we are expected to do so many things, aren't we? Um, and I think sometimes that we try and be everything to everyone. Uh, and it's almost like as an artist, we have to say to ourselves, actually, I can I can do some things, you know, so things like your photos, for example, you know, you can outsource or, you know, um, you know, your mark, some of your marketing, you can outsource. But there are some things that, you know, you have to do yourself and you have to put your heart and soul into, you know, your writing of your tracks, your um, your performances. But I think you know, now that we don't have managers, we don't have music managers as much, seemingly, um, you know, it, it's just become, we have to do this ourselves. We have to kind of, so yes, definitely. I think there's been a level of sort of feeling really overstretched with it. Um, and I think sometimes you have to pull back and you have to say to yourself, right, okay, let's just reassess. Where am I at with this? And what are my goals? And, um, and to me, I think writing is something that really calls to me. It's something that, um, you know, I just feel like writing for other writers, you know, sorry, writing for other artists and things like that is, you know, it's a really good thing to be doing. Um, and so I'm sort of trying to find out about artists that kind of want to have songs written for them and things like that. Um, that'll probably be my next, my next goal, I suspect. So, yeah. And I think you'll be very, very successful at it. And, you know, just like an observation, if you will, like when all of this came along with uh, the advent of the internet and the joy and the wonderful opportunities it brought, now it seems like it's, it's more work than ever. We thought, oh, this is great. I'll just put my material out there and I can sit back with a big old cigar in my easy chair. And there's never been more work than ever now. It's like, it's like relentless how much you have to do um, to really keep, um, to be, you know, to be taken seriously. Stay on you your game, be, as it were. Yeah, it's like, it's like all, yeah. all the time. So... So I think it's, um, as, a, as any new technology, there's always the blessing and the curse. You know, it's, it's kind of a double-sided coin that you say, 
yeah, you got to embrace the good with the bad. But I think you doing the songwriting is um, is great because your your songs are really awesome and um, and your you. voice really really puts it over. Do you look for do you demo sing on your tracks when writing for others, or do you bring in other demo singers? Um, I, I haven't actually up to this point brought in any other singers, um, but it's definitely something that I would consider doing. Um, I think it's probably going from being an artist to actually being a writer. <laughs> Those are two, they're two very different things. And it's, um, you know, I'm kind of learning the game of being a writer, you know, as much as being an artist. I think before I was, the, the main priority was on getting myself out there as an artist. Um, so yes, I, I think I'll be looking for, for people who can kind of, you know, carry the sort of sound that I'm looking to get, um, you know, and also, you know, something that's similar to, to an artist, you know, cause obviously my voice can't sort of, uh, you know, there's, there's certain things I can do vocally and there's some things that other people can do vocally that I can't, you know, so, um, uh, it's just experimentation. It's trying different ideas out as well. That's what I'm really kind of looking into at the moment. Um, it's like things like adding perhaps rappers in, you know, to some of the stuff that I'm writing or, you yeah. know, um, just trying out. And I was doing R&B for a while as well. Uh, so I wrote a couple of R&B tracks as well. So I co-wrote those. And um, and that was a different style again, which is something that I'm not used to writing in. But actually, it was an amazing experience. I mean, one thing I would like to, to say is, um, I mean, I've been writing with lots of different people. And everyone that I write with seems to bring a different thing to the table. So you get, you know, I've got sort of country pop writers who are, you know, brilliant at, at writing in that style. Um, and they've just made me realize a, a lot of um, country pop is about imagery. It's all about adding in kind of, you know, different images sort of throughout the lyrics and things. Um, something that I don't think I'd done enough of, you know, in my own music. Um, so that's each each thing is kind of developing me, I think, um, you know, in, in terms of my writing, um, in terms of sort of adding chords in that I hadn't considered even adding in before. Um, I think sometimes also just, um, you know, experimenting, getting your lessons, keeping your lessons going, sort of, you know, things like that really helps because, uh, you know, I've tried sort of really jazzy chords out, I've tried kind of bluesy chords out and, um, and experimenting with those is brilliant because there's some some lovely, lovely sort of seventh chords and things like that. that I never even thought of adding in um, that I'm experimenting with now. And it's like the sounds of some of the songs I'm writing is just completely changed, you know. Um, so so that brings us to a whole bunch of uh, questions, ideas. Um <laughs> You know, just like, first of all, like when you're working with other people like that, and, and like you said, it brings, like it opens up your imagination because all of a sudden you say, well, I never thought of going this route and adding in these type of chords or, or turning into this direction with the story or what have you. But do you guys, when you sit down with, say, you're working with a writer, do you um, start to target genres based on okay we're going into this song do we have an idea of not only genre but who who would be a good fit for this song who could we get this song to that would be right for like do you have those kind of conversations like either at the outset or during the process yeah definitely um i think it's i mean you know there was a couple of sort of pitches that that came up i think there was one for kelly clarkson actually 
uh, back in time because she uh, uh, she was looking to sort of put together a new album. Um, so, you know, I, I was sort of writing with a couple of co-writers and we were like, right, you know, what kind of sounds does, does Kelly kind of tend to work with? What sort of... Um, you know, vocally, what's her range, you know, because um, obviously you have to make sure that you sort of work at, you know, what's the sort of that, that note that they hit that really is like the, the top of their range in it, you know, so working with that and how does it build? How do our songs tend to build? What kind of stories do they tend to kind of have in them? Um, you know, what, what are the sort of the, the recurring themes? Um there's things like that but uh, but but yeah equally other um um artists as well you know there's been a lot of kind of thought of um because who should i contact um uh there was another artist uh and i i contacted her her manager and basically you know i was kind of thinking how do i make sure that this song literally sounds like the kind of thing she'd really want to sing you know uh so it's quite fascinating. Um, I started working, I mustn't mention names, but I started working with um, someone who's, who's a, another writer and he sort of, he writes, he's now writing for the BBC. Um, and basically he's, he was in a really well-known band in the UK. You can um, share, go ahead, drop really the name. Well you can and, drop uh, names, don't be uh, shy. <laughs> uh, no, I mustn't, I mustn't, <laughs> I mustn't. Okay, um, trying but, to get a scoop uh, here. <laughs> but but I was yeah, and I was teaching him singing for a bit actually, and uh, you know, and I was sort of asking him. I said, you know, how do you go about writing? Do you tend to write the lyrics first, or do you write the the actual chords and the melody first? You know, because um, for years I've been writing melody first, um, and uh, and nowadays, uh, you know, sort of I'm, I'm writing the lyrics first. Ever since I sort of chatted with him, it was like, oh, I'm going to give this a go. Just write the lyrics and you know, see what kind of comes out with the chords after that. And actually it makes more sense, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. And of course you have these links to people and you think, right, okay, I'm going to try, but you have to be careful how you pursue those links. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, makes it's sense. Very true. Well, uh, you know, it's people that you could know through someone, but you have to be so careful of, you know, respecting the way that you, you approach people, you know. <laughs> yeah, getting introductions is, is I think, the best way. Um, circling back to the reason I asked you about um, if, if you were going to have demo singers in is when I started going to Nashville, um, you know, working on my own music, uh, one of the things the producer did immediately was bring in a demo singer for every song that we would do before I would sing it uh, and the and the thinking behind it, and this is not uh, for you, for just you, Amanda, because you probably have the experience of this anyway. But for those of you out there who are saying, you know, why would you do that? And the reason is because if you're a very stylized singer, as you clearly are, and and you know, I, I've been doing this a while, so I'm stuck in that camp too um, by choice. But <laughs> somebody who is going to cut the song, if they hear somebody who is so stylized. They're going to say, well, what am I going to do with this? This person has like a whole deal going on. You know, they have a whole specific sound. So um, what I what we did is we did this for a while for the first like six or seven songs. And then I, I just said, you know what? I don't want to do it anymore simply because 
I was not in that position of wanting to beat the pavement with my songs under my arm to shop them, you know, mm. with someone else's voice. That's another, that's like another business almost. And I said, I'm, I'm really just going after the artistic thing. So, so I tabled it for then, but I learned a lot by listening to other singers singing my, my songs. Cause you know, you get entrenched, like doing your same, you know, sort of the same thing. You get in a little bit of a groove, but then they'll do something a little different and you take away and go, wow, I, I never thought of, of doing that note just what, what, like this person did just there. So, so I yeah. think there's a, there's a value to having that on many different levels that, um, that just helps you um, broaden your horizons of wh what are the possibilities for this song. Mm, absolutely that yeah so, it's fascinating what you can actually do with songs really because you know when you think about it as you say you know you can suddenly add in a different note or you can kind of you know hold hold the note slightly differently you know add more breath into the note or you know I mean the, the, the possibilities are absolutely limitless um as you say and uh just trying these things out and I think that's one of the things is that do we do enough improvisation? I think sometimes it's almost like as a as a singer-songwriter or as a writer, it's almost like we have an end goal and we think, right, okay, I've got to get to this, you know, I'm going to write this hit song or, you know, right. we sort of think this, you know. <laughs> and actually, you know, isn't it better to enjoy the process of it? Yeah. You know, sometimes that process is actually... I suppose in some senses it's it's really good for us because we're kind of um what's the word um <laughs> you know it's sort of it 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 almost gets into your soul it's almost like wow you know this this has a real meaning to me this song yeah um and when you're writing it it's it just really gets it out you know there's that that's one way that's one thing that we tend to do but then you know I suppose we forget about the reason we got into music in the first place. I've had this sort of conversation with quite a few musicians where it's like, you know, don't we forget, you know, why we loved music in the first place, you know, and actually the reason we got into this wasn't to just write a hit song. It was to, you know, to express ourselves, to, you know, to, to sort of try out those ideas, to improvise, you know, to create, you know. Yeah. I don't think you should ever like write this down, everybody. Do not try <laughs> to write a hit song. Never, never. Because you will never Agreed. because no one knows how to do it. It's just like, <laughs> you know, every great song, I think most every artist like never had any idea that it was going to be like a smash hit song. It just felt good when you were doing it, you know, and then exactly. lo and behold. Yeah. Hey, I think we should play another one, Amanda. This one's called Without You. So loud with that. 
Without You. What a great song. Tell us the story on that one. That was really awesome. And, and where did you record this? Um, this was A-Star Studios in Manchester. I uh, recorded this. And, um, yeah, I mean, this one, well, basically this was written, the music was written by Andy Ross, who runs the studio. Um, and I just came up with the sort of the lead line um, and the lyrics and stuff. Um, it's it's almost like I just there was a mood to this song, and it's almost like just writing around that particular mood. Um, so to me, it just it sounded like without you. It just sounded like a kind of a you know where am I going without you type song. You know, to me somehow just those chords, the way they were kind of moving and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's, that's kind of where I, where I went with it. It's, I think a lot of songs are like that. You sort of hear them and then you think, yeah, I've got a theme here. Once you actually listen to them. What's um, your, um, how about your process, Amanda, when you're, when you're putting together the inception of, uh, maybe not in, a, in, in this particular case for this song, but when you're writing in general, do you, um, you're a piano player, obviously, and, um, sorry. Is that your always go-to favorite instrument to write on? Well, I started to learn a bit of guitar, um, but right. I would really like to, yeah, get a bit better at the guitar because I, I, I started writing a little bit with the guitar. And I have to say the stuff that was sort of I was writing was so different. You know, it was all very rhythmical and totally not what I would write on the piano. Because it's a percussion yeah. instrument, really. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Fabulous. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But to me, it's almost like the, the piano is, it's quite melodic. It, it, it's got a very sort of a melodic feel to it. Yeah. So it's, um, whereas with the guitar, yeah, you, you're, it's all about the rhythm and, you know, that sort of thing. So to me, it's, they're very different instruments you know and apart from that i play the flute and the flute isn't exactly an instrument <laughs> i would be able to write on it might be a bit tricky trying to play the flute and sing at the same time yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that said i have used the flute in sort of various uh, recordings and stuff so there's a song called relentless which um i wrote sort of in my earlier earlier sort of days of singing songwriting and uh uh, and that's got a sort of a flute part in it, which I, I was quite pleased with, actually. It, it's the right sort of song for a flute part, you know. Yeah. I, I felt, you know, not every song kind of suits it. And then I also co-wrote with uh, someone who's writing club music. And uh, I sort of put a couple little flute parts in and then I sort of uh, put some effects on it and sort of changed that around a bit. And I was like, actually, that sounds pretty cool. You know, and because this was quite chilled out, you know, ambient type music. And it was just, yeah, I just added the sort of flute bit in and it was like, you know, yeah, just it just made this, made it, it just made it a lot. I felt, yeah, it was good. All of a sudden, we've got <laughs> Stairway to Heaven, just like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to ask you about your writing regimen. Now, has it changed because you're, you've seemed to have just shifted your focus for now um, from performer, musician, singer, songwriter to more of, of the writing camp, have you changed your, um, your daily practice in any way um, from where it is now to where it used to be, especially because you're now working with other people too in the songwriting camp? So can you, can mm -hmm. you explain your regiment and how it's changed if it has at all? 
Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I tend to, I just look for ideas a lot more sort of, you know, online as in kind of, you know, if I can sort of hear a nice little piano riff or something, then I'm like, okay, that's quite interesting. Obviously not stealing ideas, <laughs> um, right. but just kind of to, to, to sort of use them as a basis as a, you know, so I might try various different chords or I was looking at some bluesy kind of videos and stuff so how to kind of play blues on the piano um and that was again quite an interesting theme for a bit of songwriting um you know but in terms of the actual you know daily process I mean there's no daily process as such you know I, th I don't think <laughs> the thing about it is you know it's just very creative I just kind of do what I can when I you know when I can sort of thing you know and it's I know I mean the thing with creativity is you can't switch it off you can't sort of you know you can't switch it on sorry you can't suddenly go right okay I want to you know uh write a song today and then suddenly you're going to be like right okay I'm going to come up with this amazing song you know it's not like that is it yeah um so it's one of those you know 10 o'clock at night actually yeah, I'm kind of in the mood for doing a bit of writing. I might give that a go and, you know, try these ideas out that have been sort of going through my head and, you know, all these themes, write around these themes that are, you know, going on at the moment and that sort of thing, you know. Um, yeah, that's where I'm kind of at with that, really. Are you a, are you a morning girl or because you, you just mentioned late at night sometimes, you have a preferred... And I'm writing a book about this. No, I'm kidding. But I, I, I just I find it fascinating to find out what other people's habits are, because like I'm really strong in the very early morning and I'm most mm -hmm. creative then. And then um, but everybody has their different time frame. Are you more of an evening person for your creative juices? That's really interesting you say that. Yeah, I mean, actually, um, I tend to find that I get, I mean, I'm freshest in the morning, so I kind of get, you know, my, my daily things done in the morning, as it were, you know. Yes, I do have a bit of a routine, I suppose, in the morning, um, but I wouldn't tend to write in the morning. No, I tend to write in the evenings, really, because I find, I don't know whether it's tiredness that just sort of almost switches that sort of left logical brain off a bit um but you know it's almost being able to get into your right brain it's being able to kind of get into that creative self um and I think sometimes during the day it's like you know you're switched on you just you know you know you've got to get certain things done you know so um for me evenings are the best time to write I think could be that you get <clears throat> all the drudgery things out of the way first. So, not, so your <laughs> totally mind is clear, that. right? You know? <laughs> totally that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, I want but you. Go ahead. No, sorry. I'm no, interrupting. Go ahead. No, you, it's your show. Are you kidding? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, um, I do find that things like running, for example, I mean, I do a lot of running, and I find that that's amazing for creative ideas. It's almost yeah. like that's the time it's all going to start coming to the surface, these ideas. Um, and sometimes I, I don't know whether you've ever heard of um, The Artist's Way, the book called The Artist's Way. I think yes. it's by, yeah, it's by a writer called Julia Cameron, I think. Yeah, I, I think I have <laughs> it, actually. Okay. Um, I mean, that's really fascinating um, in the way that she says, you know, um, to do morning pages. Oh, so right. I, I have a whole, I have notebooks filled with them. I'm afraid to go look at them. 
because yeah, I just wrote yeah. down every weird thing in the, that it would come out of my mind. I'm terrified. As a matter of fact, I have a big seal on the book saying, do not open under any circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're brilliant, though, because yes. you just, you know, you get all your ideas out and, you know, you get all these ideas flowing and yeah. that's it, you know, and it's, it's all about that because at the end of the day, if your left brain gets too kind of in on the act, then it's almost like that's it. You know, your your right brain just kind of goes, oh, you know, what, you know, what can I focus on now? But there's uh, something so about is. the physical fitness. You're right, because um, when you're running, like you're a runner, I'm, I'm a yogi. So I, I feel like when I'm at the end of a really intense workout, um, you're laying there in Savasana, I get all these great ideas or even on a hike. So you never mm. go anywhere too far without your you know, keep that little black book handy, you know, because you never know when it's going to come, right? Yeah, the ideas but, can just suddenly be there. And it's like, you know, and it's, and it's amazing, isn't it? When you suddenly get that, that inspiration and that, and do you know what? I mean, the other thing about that is, don't we go through phases in our life where our inspiration just kind of goes, Ugh. <laughs> and yeah. it's, I mean, the only way I can really describe it, it's just, you know, we, we, we lose our inspiration and then suddenly it's like we have to wait for it to come back. And the only way for me to, to get that back, you know, if the inspiration is gone, it's like writer's block. You know, they talk about writer's block. Yeah. And I think, you know, you get it back from doing things like running, from just getting out there and just kind of, yeah, yoga. Yoga is brilliant because yoga just slows your mind down. So, you know, if you're, I think as creatives, we, our minds just are <laughs> always ticking over, aren't they? Yes. So uh, don't you find that that's like a, it's almost like a gift when that kicks in, just getting those ideas again. It's kind of like, um, you know, it's like Christmas and New Year's all at once. It just feels like this feels great. I got some original ideas cooking. I'm ready to, to you know, to create something really, really awesome. Um this next one, I, I want you to set this up for us. Okay, it's called Stealth. And so I saw the title and I said, why did she call it Stealth? I think this is a really <laughs> cool. I love cool titles. So can you tell us why Stealth? Okay, yeah. So, you know, like when you see a, a tiger in the jungle and they're kind of like, it's almost like they're just poised and almost ready to go for their prey, right? Yeah. But it's but they're very, just prior to that, it's almost like they're kind of just just waiting and they they do things in a very, you'd never know that they were kind of doing what they're doing, right? <laughs> so it's almost like, you know, they're, they're so careful and clever in the way they do things. And so that's kind of the idea behind the song is that, you know, the, the person in the song is, is like that, a sort of, you know, like the, like the tiger, kind of, you know, uh, creeping along and sort of, and you know, so, and I think there's a lot of this that goes on, you know, in in this in this world nowadays, you know, where it's like, you know, these these underhanded things that sort of go on. You think, you know, these people are kind of almost creeping under the surface. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. Sure, uh, it's a, it's a, I, I see it in my mind. It's a record company executive looking to steal a really good song. Exactly that. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Thank you. I know. I, I could just, the way you described it, it just like, this is, this is what it is. So let's take a listen yeah. to Stealth.
Why you gotta be on my mind? Something inside of me snaps every time You get me in a heartbeat, get me each and every time Why you gotta walk in and out of my life? Think I'll have to tell you this time You can't keep playing games, it's always the same for me song and I love the funky guitar sort of like an R&B type of feel like you know like can you take us into the studio and the circumstances surrounding putting the production together on this song yeah I mean you know this again um I didn't write the music for this um so this was um basically sort of set around a guitar uh, sort of theme as it were Um, and uh, you know gradually sort of layers were added into it you know I mean like for example the kind of um, 
you know, the, the sounds that you hear in this song, it's just, they're just a variety. And I've got the producer, I mean, he, he actually um, was working in an orchestra and stuff. So he was, you know, he's really good at kind of writing these, these lovely sort of strings parts, these lovely kind of, you know, trumpet parts or whatever. And yeah. it was just like, yeah, um, really interesting song in the end. You know, what sort of came out of that song was was interesting, what he did with it. Um, now, are you guys shopping this around, like to, to, you know, to any specific artists that, that may, like, embrace this as their brand? Do you know what? I, I haven't. I haven't as of yet, yeah. um, but uh, I'd like to. Yeah, I mean, you know, this this was sort of me as an artist. I was kind of pursuing... I suppose this this song was was supposed to be you know Amanda Shore as an artist as it were rather than a writer, but you know that said now that I'm going more the sort of writing route, um, this is going back to kind of getting you know looking at all my songs and going right okay which ones am I going to kind of work with this time? What am I going to, you know, where am I going to put each one? What am I going to pitch them to? And that kind of thing. So it's I think it's about getting organised and <laughs> right. you know. Yeah, great track. Really, really, really like this. Um, tell Thank me, you. tell me about your um, your goals. Like as the rest of this year is starting to wind down, like what are you looking forward to uh, the most um, with all the things you got going on? Because I I know just based on our conversation and knowing you as I do now for a while, um, you're gonna be out there singing again. I just know it. So. Uh, <laughs> So, so what do you think? What do you think the sketch looks like? If you pull the calendar out and sketched in, where am I going at what date? The next six months, the next year, the next eighteen months. What does that look like for Amanda Shaw? Yeah, I think it sees me kind of, you know, pitching my songs, obviously, to to, and literally just kind of trying to find some publishers that might be interested in the songs. Uh, looking for sync deals, obviously. So kind of, you know, contacting a couple of publishing companies about that, you know, their, their sync departments. Um, and also just getting out there and gigging, you know, trying to sort of set up some gigs and uh, sort of locally and, you know, um, and definitely doing some Facebook Live stuff as well. So, you know, um, that that would be the master plan, you know, would be to kind of try and, try and sort of set up some, set up a, a background sort of that's just a bit you know things that are a bit more professional looking for my Facebook page and stuff like that just um you know that that kind of thing would would be good so I think honestly getting back to gigging would be great <laughs> as well. what's your what's your favorite um lineup for gigging let's say um if you're playing solo that's one thing but if you had a choice you know if you're taking a band what would be the instrumentation lineup for you would be your perfect band Without a whole symphony, I'm just talking about that. <laughs> um, guitar, sorry, acoustic guitar. Um, I, I would have said, um, I, I want to say Cajon drums. I think they're called, they're pronounced Cajun. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds really awful yeah. when saying that. Okay. But yes. Um, and uh, so something more acoustic in terms of the drums um, and, you know, piano and just vocal. And I'm sure for, for some of the gigs, it will literally just be piano and vocal. And I've actually got like a, a vocal processor so I can kind of, you know, add my harmonies in and that kind of thing. Um, so something like that would be quite cool. Yeah. Nice. Just, um, I, I like the whole idea. 
I wanted to play your video, and um, we're going to talk about that in just a second, but this is a little bit of a tearjerker. Here we go with Black and Blue. So take us into the story on Black and Blue. What happened there? 
Well, you know, this this wasn't written by me. This was written, I mean, basically this was pitched to me again as an artist, you know. Okay. Um, so this was by a writer called Gavin Miller. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the video um, was by a chap called Paraday Odierna. Um, and basically, you know, I mean, I just really liked this song. I just really thought it was it was just a really cool song. Um, so I was inspired to sing it, you know, and, uh, and cover it. So, um, and I was really pleased with the video in the end, actually, for this one. I, you know, I felt like it, it went really well, but, uh, but we love, you know, we love a bit of a tearjerker now and then, you know, yes. <laughs> has to be done. So how, you know, about I mean, the, you know. the, um, how about the actors in the video? Um, are they personal acquaintances of yours? Cause they did a really good job. It was very compelling. No, they did absolutely yeah. that. Yeah, no, they're not. Um, uh, it was Paraday who actually organized them. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, yeah. they must be married or something. They must be because it was too real. It looked, it looked really good. <laughs> I know they did a really good job. It was yeah. brilliant. I mean, I I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And you know, it was so nice that he sort of had the actors um, there, and then you know, I sort of cut in every now and then. <laughs> yeah. So um, and the filming of it was great fun. You know, we were sort of filming it around London, and you know, just kind of. Uh, you know, walking sort of where the lights all were, sort of. So it was, it was nighttime, and it was just fantastic. Um, some of it, of course, was done with a. I think it's called a green screen. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, some of it was sort of done with that. You know, so the the, the bright lights that you see. Um, you know, and it just, yeah, I think some people really know how to do a video, don't they? <laughs> I'm telling you, it was very, very good. You had me very sad at the end, though. I was very oh, sad. No. <laughs> yes. When I saw your face there, you were crying. I know, my end. face does look really pretty you, sad there. You very, yes. <laughs> but you know, you've got to get yeah. into the zone, haven't you? That's true. <laughs> hey, tell me about, as we're winding down, I just want to ask you about how are things in London in general, the music scene? Do you get out much or are you kind of a stay at home? Um, do you get out and see other bands? Do you get to clubs? Like what's what's going on in London? Just because I almost moved there and I, I didn't. I'm, I'm down in the Tennessee or the Nashville area, but... um. Yeah. But, uh, God, you're in a good place though for, yeah. for oh, me. Oh yeah, no, this is the perfect like place for yeah. me. But but it's it's like I'm I plan on going there for my own my own musical career um, soon. Um, <laughs> but how's the scene like? What, what as you as a as a Brit as a UK young lady, um, how do you fit in? Is it a good place for you to play, or do you got have to go out to the periphery of London, or is London just kind of embracing all music? Um, London is, yeah, it's somewhere that just embraces all styles of music. It is, it's brilliant like that. You know, it's, um, it's very multicultural. It's, you know, it's very accepting of, of lots of different sort of styles and stuff, which is fantastic. Um, I like London a lot. Um, but you know, I'm more at home probably playing somewhere that's kind of more local or, you know, somewhere that's kind of a little more low key. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think as much as I like London, the hustle, hustle and bustle of it, um, I just, yeah, I, I think I feel more comfortable performing somewhere where it's like, you know, like intimate venues, you know, where you haven't had to just like rush to get there and you haven't had all the tubes to get on and, you yeah. know, stuff like that. It, it's so, pretty um, tough to get that grand piano into in and out of a tube, you know, that's like, <laughs> it's so difficult. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, literally like the piano that I've got, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's an electronic one, but still it's heavy enough. It's fully weighted keys and, you know, all that kind of thing. 88? So, 
um, but it's a great no I mean you know in terms of the actual music um, atmosphere there and what's going on there's so many acts that you know around London and it's well worth it's well worth kind of um, you know if you're if you're a manager and you're looking for acts like London's full of acts isn't it and, yeah. um, as much as Nashville would be right um, so so yeah. so yeah but it's 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 always finding the right place for you because like you're not you're not really a club club type of perform you know when I say club I mean like you know Marshall stacks and you know huge drum kits so you have yeah. to be selective about where it is you're going to play that kind of fits you know, the model. Otherwise, it's like, you know, you shouldn't do gigs just for the sake of doing gigs. You got to do the right gig in the right place, you know. So. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what? I mean, um, something that really inspired me was um, many years ago, I was, uh, I went along to a folk uh, concert. And um, this lass had had, you know, like a couple of hit songs, you know, and she was kind of, so, she wasn't that well known because she was the writer. But the songs were really, really well known. Um, and it just made me think, yeah, I kind of like being that. You know, I like being this person who can kind of almost hide a little bit, <laughs> yeah. if that makes sense. But then at the same time, you know, my songs are out there and I can perform, you know, um, sort of where I want to, when I want to. You know, it's it, to me, that that is like the most ideal thing. I don't know that I particularly love being the idea of that like being a, a big artist who has to go and tour around the world and I don't know it's I think that's that to me is why I kind of you know drew back and went no I'm a writer but I perform as well do you see what I mean it's yeah. almost like I had to distinguish difference between that I think every artist um, has to develop their own style and speed you know what what is comfortable for them and and no two are, are ever alike you know I mean everybody has a different way of doing it you know yeah absolutely, absolutely. Amanda Shaw it has been a pleasure again my dear to see you and to see what you're doing with your music I really really appreciate um, you coming on the Dharmic Evolution once again and uh, best place for people to reach Amanda, I know you're on all the socials and we'll put those all in the show notes, but your number one place for fans around the world to connect to you, what would it be? Okay, so www.reverbnation.com and then uh, forward slash Amanda Shaw Music. Excellent. So, you're all over Reverb so Nation. Much. Congratulations on all of your uh, success there. And uh, I just want to once again thank you and wish you all of God's blessings on your music, Amanda Shaw. Bless you. Thanks so much. It's been great to be on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sanctuary. Without you. Stealth. And the video, Black and Blue. Talked about a lot of cool things today in the wonderful UK with Amanda Shaw falling apart. Kelly Clarkson, Andy Ross, Relentless, Gavin Miller, Reverb Nation, Sync Deals, Publishing Companies, Facebook Live, The Master Plan, and Back to Gigging. Well, these were the songs, the stories, the aspirations, and the journeys of Amanda Shaw. Hope you guys had a good time today digging on Amanda's music in the UK on the Dharmic Evolution. I sure did. Please support her. Uh, you can check out all the socials in the show notes. Go over to Reverb Nation. Put in Amanda Shaw. You can support her there. 
And if you have not yet gone to the Facebook community page, do that. Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page. It's there for you artists around the world, for you to put your content up there and let the world see what you are doing. It's a community of supporters, both artistic and um, people who just want to support other artists. They're on there also to support you. So please uh, take advantage of that. Also check out dharmicevolution.com, brand new facelift. We got that going on. And thank you to all you new subscribers piling into the mailing list uh, to pick up my Depression Fighters manual. It's on my Facebook page. You can go to James Kevin O'Connor Music, find out about what I do musically, and you can download it for free. Send it to somebody you love who needs it, who's suffering from depression, doesn't know what to do. There are seven actionable tips in there that you can just put it in your phone, and when you're struggling, Pop it open, and just in a few minutes, you can come up with a strategy. There's one for each day of the week. That's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. <laughs>